0: Yeah, we're here, we're here. Just queuing up the old ship. do Stand by. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. 5.15. Time to get moving. And we will hear another chapter of Jack Flanders' return to Inverness next week here on Mass Backwards, WBAI, New York. Well, 5.15, we better get rolling. Forgive me for talking over the opening, but that's what we have to do when time's short and things are pressing. From... Hang on. From June, the... I can't read through the cassette machine. June 28th of 1966. A program that I have not yet heard. Labeled only 23 Skidoo. Sounds interesting, what? And remember, friends, always bring backup. (laughs) I have tapes given to me by three different people uh, that I was planning or thinking about playing tonight on the air. But here's one from the Rudy Collection, just like usual. We'll get back to the uh, Middle East series, oh, maybe next week. But uh, for a little variety, 23 Skidoo. Here's Gene.
2: Election fans everywhere. Once again, the eternal battle between the good guys and the bad guys is happened. What side are you on? Which crowd do you applaud? Are you for the guys in the back room with the clouded cigar smoke, or are you for those guys who come descending out of vast cloud of heaven, bearing doves on each shoulder? Richard, You're already out there? You ready for it? Oh, what a great... Oh, there's something... You know, there's something... uh, I just have to be perfectly frank with you. There's something about hot summer weather that stirs some deep-down, undiscovered, uh, uncategorized, unmedical, defined gland somewhere inside of me that brings out... I don't know whether I'm, I'm alone. I don't think so, because there's a wild look in the eye of many people. It's the summer madness. and Do uh, you feel it that all down? <laughs> well, then, I'm sorry for you. Then then you might as well just pack it in. Because uh, it's there. You know, speaking of summer madness here, I have a little note for uh, uh, attention all XGIs. Listen carefully here. We have a little note here that might be of some significance to you. I have a little thing here. It was sent to me by an official type spy, one of our spies out there. And, uh sent me this... Uh, Official. Uh, it looks like an industrial newspaper. And down at the bottom, it says here that uh, Camp Crowder, for any of you, whoever at Camp Crowder, I think eventually uh, all those things and all those little dreams that we all have finally do come true. If we stick with it long enough and we got enough, uh, you know, we got enough pizzazz just to hang in there. Uh, here it's a, a note about Camp Crowder. For any of you, whoever were at Camp Crowder, it says the former military reservation, Camp Crowder military reservation a miles, five five miles south of friendly little Neosho, Missouri has now been turned into the water and sewage technical school. It's now on the side of the old 830. There there you go, gang. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Well, in a way, its function has never changed. It always had a little of that element to it. And, uh, I just thought that any of you ex uh Camp Crowder types might uh, be interested to know what's happening out at, out at the old post. I Look up, that. Back. All right, Don. And by the way, keep, hold that uh, little star. Spe- oh, no, I'll tell you what. Keep the second cut, of uh, the one on the fire uh, the turn table, because I'm going to use that. It'll be number. It's uh, the one that I told you. Okay, I'll set it there. Just hold it there. Yeah, that's right. Just not yet, not now, when I give you the cue. All right? Okay. You know, it's funny, uh, when you, you take a look at a, at a place name, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of, kind of scary. The things that will create all those images and our life, you know. Somebody, somebody today made a, a flat statement to me, which I will have to report to the audience, to the fellow sufferers out there. And, uh, this person said to me, wouldn't it be great if you could erase your life and, and she was serious. You know, She really meant it. She said, wouldn't it be great if you could erase uh, your past? Just erase it like a big tape recorder. You know, if, if uh, the guy spends all his time in Griffith, and Indiana, and he's the tall, skinny guy with pimples and hangs around in front of the pool room, and he hasn't had a date in 17 years and nobody, you know, cares one way or the other, all of a sudden he's got this brown suit on. He's with 16 million other guys. And he has no responsibility. He can always feel that the system is against him, else he would be a first sergeant. The system is against him, or else he would have made first lieutenant. There's a a nice cop-out, a lot of cop-outs in the Army. It's it's a a, a great cop-out world. You know, speaking of cop-outs, the the drive towards anonymity, you know, people talk about conformity. I don't think these words have any meaning any longer. I don't think that people are, are conforming when they're when they're uh, driving towards what is generally called in writing conformism i think they're driving towards something subtler than that and that is anonymity you know we always talk about how people all today uh, everybody is bugged because he's not an individual and that everybody is uh, is having trouble uh, uh, establishing his identity i think one of the real things that people are afraid of is doing exactly that establishing an identity or or becoming not a uh, a mass man, you know, unit in this fantastic thing, but becoming an individual. That's a very scary thing because that's dangerous, you know. When you're an individual, you've got, you've got to look out. You know, there's a lot of problems going with being an individual. We've always been a herd animal anyway, you know. And uh, being a herd animal uh, has had its... Uh, value uh, i mean the people the first 16 guys that gathered together in a cave it was quite obvious that one or two of them were much more able to fend with the jungle than the other 12 and so <laughs> it was certainly up to the uh, it was to the benefit of the other 12 if somehow they could convince the other two that we all ought to be together in this thing so so uh, ultimately yeah the, the I, I suspect that the they come oh well the newsroom is john wingate ready Okay, John, let's hear what's happening out there on the election front.
1: John Wingate, WOR Radio News, the primary election results we cover. Let's go to headquarters of Justice Samuel Silverman, who is Robert Kennedy's man for a Manhattan surrogate Democratic nomination. Lester Smith, what's the
3: word? We're finding an upswing in the mood of optimism here at Silverman headquarters. Justice Silverman has reportedly taken a number of Manhattan districts in the Washington Heights area, which he was not expected to win. In addition, reports continue to come in that the vote in the reform areas has run substantially ahead of that in other parts of the city. And, of course, it is in those reform areas where Justice Silverman presumably would have his greatest support. One member of the Silverman staff said just a short time ago, that if the vote runs between 100 and 110,000, it'll still be a very tough, close race. On the other hand, he felt very strongly that a vote of over 110,000 votes would virtually assure the Silverman victory. The Silverman staff at the moment is making no claims, but they are heartened by a number of developments, such as the Washington Heights turnout and the voting in the reform districts. Lester Smith reporting. Back now to John Wingate in the news.
1: And apropos of your report, Lester, we understand that one network computer has just about predicted a Silverman victory. I'll only add that this was the same network computer that made a mistake the last election night and spent six hours backtracking all over the place. We'll stay with your report, and the computers can stay with themselves. But there looks to be a strong trend for Samuel Silverman, state Supreme Court justice, who is Robert Kennedy's man and the Reform Democrats' man for Democratic nomination for Manhattan surrogate. His opponent, of course, is Arthur G. Klein, who's an old-line Democrat, also a state Supreme Court justice. All along, the Kennedy forces have charged corruption and a great gravy pool operating there in the surrogate system. That's where you find your probate when you die in New York. Now, to give you the other side of the story, the Klein forces and the regular Democrats have charged interference by Robert Kennedy... Much of the Klein campaign literature has said that Kennedy is a man of what they call ruthless ambition. And only last evening, Justice Arthur Klein at a dinner said, I quote, why he'd cut the throat of my dear friend Hubert Humphrey, end quote. But at the moment, based on WOR's Lester Smith's report, Samuel Silverman seems to be running strong. We'll make no predictions. We do have this. Steve Duronian, conservative-minded Republican who doesn't like to appear to be so conservative, is in, in Nassau County... And he goes in by a better-than-two-one sweep over William J. Casey. We have some figures from W.O.R.'s Bernie Radin out that
0: neighborhood. Wow, exciting election news from 1966 on this Gene Shepherd episode (laughs) from uh, June
1: 20, I can't see,
0: 1966. Well, I bet they'll get back to Gene any time now, but uh, good reminder that the polls open in about a half hour. You might want to go out and vote for mayor
1: with only 11,379 votes. But with most of the votes in, Deronian making his comeback is in in Nassau County. There are only two districts in Oyster Bay unreported, so Steve Duronian has it there, and WOR News declares him the winner. We don't make predictions. We just declare the winner when he's in. Stay tuned to 710 on your dial for complete coverage of the important primary, with the focus being here and nationally on that really fierce battle for Manhattan surrogate Democratic nomination. Does Robert Kennedy's man go in, and do the old line Democrats go out? That we'll know between now and, say, 1 o'clock this morning. John Wingate here. Let's go back to
2: Gene Shepard. Thank you, old John. And this is WORAM and FM
0: here in New York. Oh, this is W B A I F M FM exclusively in New York. Now back to Gene Shepard, June 28, 1966. Oh, that, that uh...
2: <laughs> one of the funniest the unconscious I to me, uh elections generally are are uh they're they're as a matter of fact, if you look at them one way, they're far funnier than anything WC Fields ever did. And uh and, and the idea of one politician calling another politician ambitious somehow has has elements of high comedy to me. <laughs> I mean, isn't isn't it the uh, you know, to me? It would seem to me that uh, that to define a politician is to define a man who's ambitious. I mean, it takes a certain amount of of ambition just to go out there and say, "Vote for me, friends! You know, I'm great. I mean, put me in, and it'll all be great." <laughs> I wonder how it. You know, speaking of, of politicians and and and, uh, and elections, I just thought while listening to this, I just thought of a another. Plot for a uh, science fiction movie. Now, perhaps, or it would even be better, as probably as a, as a short story. You're probably aware today that most elections are really uh, created by the news media. Uh, that that uh, people walk around the streets. You know, there's just a general ho hum atmosphere. Ho hum. Oh, you know especially when it's something like a primary or something like but, but the news mediums they go ape over. Them. I tell you they're fantastic it's just you, you just wouldn't believe it, but they run around and they get their little uh, mobile cars out and everybody gets his tape recorders out and there's a whole big schlummoha and a big Magilla, and they all go they all go rushing out to the various headquarters. Well, I could just see this now this big there's signs all over you know, it says vote for vote for Watanabe, you know and uh, vote for Charlemagne the Elder. Big sign over here says, wrote for Ethel Red the Bald. And they're all, they're all running. So the fantastic election going on. <laughs> and all the newsmen are on edge. You know, boy, they're really on top of it. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, most newsmen today secretly will con- concede that, uh, that it's not the politicians that are running, it's them. And uh, the, the big argument is whether Walter Cronkite on any given night did better than David Brinkley. Uh, and and I, think, I think one of the reasons that a lot of people are, are bugged by computers Uh, which always comes up during the election, is that the computers aren't as cute as Huntley. Uh, That when they say, we now take you to RCA computer number 722GT, they switch and there's that black panel there with a lot of meters and the thing, you keep going, and it's not very cute. And IBM and NCR and these people are beginning to take moves.
0: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich.